Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Like, subscribe, leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcast. Johnny Venerable, Damon Anderson, Frank Sanders, who we just watched, the Arizona Cardinals get stunned at home by the L.A. Chargers on a last-second two-point conversion en route to a 25-24 defeat. And we're sitting here and we're contemplating, was this it for Cliff Kingsbury? Because they played a pretty good first half. The third quarter, you thought they were well in control. And then they had a putrid fourth quarter. The offense, two consecutive, three and outs when they had to pick up first downs. The Mm -hmm. defense not making adjustments. Vance Joseph continuing to play soft zone, continuing to put Isaiah Simmons as a slot corner, which failed him in the end. Where do the Arizona Cardinals go from here? We're going to talk about all that more. But first, Damian Anderson, I want to start with you. Major takeaways. Major takeaways. I mean, James Conner ran well, obviously had the early fumble. I really think that the inability to get pressure on Herbert, that second half, I mean, I think that there was a series where he had 18 consecutive pass, or not the series, but it was yeah. 18 consecutive passes. Yep. And just the inability to get pressure, he got more comfortable. They got more confidence, and they were able to move the ball and do things at will. They killed him with the screen game offense. Early on, looked great. The balance of Connor, Kyler passing the ball, and then the second half, uh, once they missed that field goal, Johnny, yeah. on that initial drive, I mean, everything went downhill from that. Well, Frank, you, you look at the fact that this defense only gave up, I believe, that, that touchdown and two-point conversion in the second half, but they were also taken away from two turnovers. The Zayvon Collins interception, that wasn't to be. I'm sure Cliff will talk about that. The fumble recovery, that wasn't to be. Do you put this more on the defense or the offense in the end of the game? Um, you know what? Honestly, I look back and I say that we had a chance to keep the drive going with Trey McBride, and Trey McBride dropped that pass. Yep, that would have kept the drive going. That would have kept the clock going. There would be no need to punt the ball and give them back, give the ball back to the Chargers. Unfortunately, our second round pick did not come up and do his job. No, and unfortunately, that put our defense back on the field and gave those guys a chance to to take the ball down the field. Look, they're. You're absolutely right. Their offense scored 11 points. Yeah. Uh, in the second half, our offense scored seven. So that's 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 the miss. That's really the mismatch of the game right different. there. But yep. in, in truth, they made the plays. We didn't. Um, but I I got to go back to that one play where I saw Trey McBride had an opportunity. Kyler put it on him, fit it on him really well. He dropped the ball, and therefore it turned the ball back over. And again, that in itself is the sad part about it. I look at the coaching part about it. Defensively, we knew that they had they had. <laughs> Eckler would cause a lot of problems. Yeah. And our, our linebackers are not the best coverage linebackers, so that was going to be a challenge. At some moments, D.A., we talked about it, they got pressure on him and they got to him a little bit, but that little dump-off pass was still a problem for us. And the back end, of the, But on the back end of it, when it comes to when, we get, when we're getting in, when we put ourselves in the fourth quarter and we give ourselves a chance to win the ball game, we did not do that. Our offense had the ball on the – on. they punted the ball back to us, gave yeah. us a chance with a little bit less than three minutes in the game, and we did absolutely nothing with it on the four-yard line, and so therefore it, it it put us back in again. We put it back to them with less than two minutes, and, then, and here's, here's the problem. Yeah, K- Cliff Kingsbury fails situational football. That's it. You get a big fat F from me, Cliff Kingsbury. I don't care that James Conner, tw- 25 for 120, 4.8 yards per carry. When the Cardinals needed yards, they could not get them with the game on the line. So we're going to talk about statistics, point totals, blah, blah, blah. The Cardinals couldn't pick up a first down their last two possessions against a Charger defense that's in the bottom third of the NFL. And I I know, like, there are going to be people who come out and say, and this is true to some extent, that Cliff Kingsbury didn't fumble the football or Cliff Kingsbury didn't drop a pass. It's all reflection of coaching. 
right? At the end of the day, Trey McBride is a product of Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime. He's being developed by them and their coaches. And when he doesn't perform, that's an indictment on the people that drafted him and the people that are actively trying to develop him. And then the play calling, I mean, DA, you you, you said it best. That play call with Kyler in the shotgun and then just kind of conceding those drives instead of let's try a QB sneak, let's try to go north and south, let's try to boot Kyler out of the pocket, go forward, running forward. It's north and, or excuse me, east and west. It's five to seven step drops out of the shotgun. When you know you don't have great pass protection, You it's an automatic run on first down. The play calling, I think, late in the fourth quarter when you had to get first first downs made it a, 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 a exclamation point with Cliff Kingsbury just being inept in those scenarios. He was not prepared at all. Yes, Johnny. Situational football seems to be Cliff's Achilles heel. It does. It, we've seen it in, in the past with, you know, we're not getting the play in or having to call timeouts. And I just thought that in, in thinking situations like that, when Kyler's backed up and it's a small field, you almost handicap him in a situation where he can't go anywhere. Frank, you talk about, you know, the tactics that the defense uses mm -hmm. to spread him out and eliminate those lanes, but there's some things that you can do in terms of booting him out or do a sprint right or left. I, I mean, Kyler's one of the most athletic players in the National yep. Football League. He should be able to elude one or two guys and find the open space and, and create something for his team, and we just didn't see that type of uh, calls or or playmaking ability uh, as a result of the play calling today, and, and it's unfortunate because the Car the Cardinals looked good that first half of football. They did. We got a couple super chats here. I want to get to. I know Sean talked about the only solace he's seen. Dollar ninety nine. We appreciate you, brother. Is from his pumpkin pie. And listen, we're we've got pumpkin <laughs> pie here. I had some in the first half. These gentlemen can attest to it. It didn't make things better for me. I'm upset. But, uh, Sean, we love you all the same, my man. Another super chat from Breedle03499. Appreciate you. Called it at halftime. For all the talk about finally having Hop and Hollywood, the offense was just as anemic and streaky. Run was the only plus. And, Breedle, you're speaking to the choir. All this week we talked about, yeah, these guys are returning. We're excited. But this isn't a magic elixir. It's, not, it's like when Hopkins came back. The offense didn't suddenly look efficient, start putting up 30 points per game. The offense is what it is. It's a it's a bunch of really talented guys trying to figure out what they need to do from an offensive coaching staff staff with a playbook that's broken right now. They have no identity offensively. If, if somebody had to tell you, what do the Cardinals do well in offense? Well, on a certain Sunday, yeah, they may run the ball well. Or on another day, they may they may have a good pass. They have no consistency with their offense. And so now it's like everybody's like flush with receivers and tight ends and backs and whatnot. That's what they thought they're they're their focal point is going to be this year, their strength offensively. And DA, it's completely hit or miss. Well, well, I would say Hop and Kyler coming back gave this team hope. But it's, let's not act like this team was undefeated coming into this game. Yeah. You know, they're four and seven. Uh, LA was five and five or whatever their record was. This was going to be a close game. And it was going to come down to turnovers and maybe who had the ball last. Yeah. And we saw that that happened today. What was the problem were, you know, players at times when they needed to, to come in and be effective and do their job. Frank, you mentioned McBride dropping a ball or you not, not getting getting a favorable call on turnovers. Those things happen throughout the game, but you can take it another, you know, avenue past that and look at, well, hey, there became situational football. You needed first downs. Was that the play call or was it the the play the person, right? Mm -hmm. And in, in some situations, I think it was a play calling. In another situation, I think it was the player. When you drop a ball, that's not Cliff. That's not Kyler. Right. That's a great play call because if it works, oh, my God, Cliff's the best. He's keeping his 
job, everything's, you know, awesome. So, I mean, it's a combination of two and there's context to everything, but I think everyone's disheartened because we felt like it's a game that the Arizona Cardinals could definitely win, Johnny. Yeah. And they, and they should have won. They had all the advanced statistics. They had yardage. They ran the ball. Listen to the Chargers run offense, 13 for 65, five yards per carry, but they only ran for 65 yards. The Cardinals ran for 181. And they lost. And they averaged 5.3 yards per carry. But it's because when they had to run it, they could not. <laughs> they were too predictable. Uh, we got people being brutally honest. Let's let's call it what it is in the chat. We love it. Keep it coming. Uh, the bye week now begins. And we're going to begin to speculate. Was this it for Cliff Kingsbury either in the bye week or after this season? Because I do feel like, gentlemen, I was ready to come on this postgame show. Had they won, no matter how they won, and said, Winnable games in the second half, winnable games down the stretch, five and seven, maybe the nine yeah. and eight, or God forbid, ten and seven. Mm -hmm. You lose this game after you get your ass kicked on Mexico City in Mexico City on Monday Night Football. It feels like they gave it their all today, which is a testament to them, the coaching staff. But you lose this way, it's hard not to go into the bye week saying, "I we're four and eight, we're not going anywhere." I, I don't foresee that happening real quick, but but almost only counts in ass whoopings and hand grenades. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the only time that almost counts. And I think that you like the passion, you like the effort, but at the end of the day, it's it's an L. Yeah, it really is, man. Unfortunately, I, look, I, I thought the performance of the team was it was it wasn't pretty, but we gave ourselves a chance to win. And situationally, it, it got it got it got down to the brass tacks on what you're going to do and how you're going to show up. And I mean, they themselves giving the charge a little a little credit. They made the plays they needed to make. They did what they were supposed to do. Um, they executed. And they executed better than what we did on defensive-wise. We gave ourselves some chances. But they own the fourth it, quarter. I mean, they it, said, we're going to dominate the fourth quarter. We're going we're gonna to have long possessions. And so when you say that, I look back and I say the Cardinals, we chose not to be aggressive. Mm -hmm. in but the that fourth was the quarter. entire game, though, I would say. Frank, you and I talked about that. The inability, you, it was almost like a, a soft show zone. What was that defense? Yeah, I, I Explain, don't know. You they, guys played the game. Explain yeah. it for our audience what Vance was attempting to do and why it was so ineffective. Because... Everybody, including myself, is on Twitter saying, come up and play press man and make them earn it. And it's like he gave them five to seven yards every time he dropped and it back. And it was very situational when they would bring pressure. And we saw where Herbert had to get the ball out quickly, and then we would make a tackle in the flats. Yeah. And, and, and I like that. I like that play calling. What I didn't like is just more of the case was they just sat back and tried to get home with four to yeah. five you know, defensive linemen, and Herbert had all day. And, I mean, occasionally he would do a sidearm throw intermediately, and that ball would get knocked down or whatever, get tipped. And we, weren't on the, we were on the wrong side of some of those calls. But I think that from the standpoint defensively, like the, just the game plan was just bad. The, the inability to get to the quarterback, the inability to, to get to get pressure, yeah. get him uncomfortable was the reason why he was comfortable that whole second half. And they did what they did. Yeah. It, just defense wise, um, based upon what we were trying to do and what they what we were doing defensively. I agree with Dave. It was more of a bend, don't break. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I, maybe there's some. And it there, broke. But I'm saying, <laughs> but it broke at the end. And that's the part where you, you thought you had a chance. Again, we go back to what we could have done. If Trey catches the ball, if he catches the ball on third and ten or third and twelve, then we move the chains. We keep the we keep the ball in our possession. That's what you ask for. If you say it's one play that made the difference, then we can go back and say that's the one play. Because I know as a player, third downs mean everything. It, just, it keeps the drives, it keeps the chains, it put more pressure on on them on them basically to call call use their timeouts. And so then that's that's what you was looking forward to. We didn't get that. Punted the ball, they got the ball, and they and they drove the ball down the field. That's the stuff where. You know, you're still trying to you're trying to manage the clock, thinking that if they score, then we go into overtime. Well, 
They had a little bit more. They had something else, another trick up their sleeve. They were in the same situation we was in, guys. You know what that was? Desperation. That's why they went for two. Because, shit, five and five don't get you in the playoffs. Right on. Four and seven not going to get you in the playoffs unless you go six and on the back end. But we got to get a win. And at all costs, this guy was willing to make that make take the gutsy call, just, and they did. It, it felt worked. like the Cardinals played the fourth quarter, especially on offense, not to lose. I agree. They, they said, we have a lead for once in a fourth quarter. This is what it really felt like is outside of – the Carolina game and the Saints game and the L.A. game with a backup. It's like, hey, we finally have a lead, and we entered the fourth quarter in good shape. Let's just sit on our hands. And they were so inefficient, and it makes you want to vomit knowing your coach is an offensive coach, and their coach is a defensive coach, and he kicked your ass in the fourth quarter. You couldn't do anything. You couldn't do shit against Brandon Staley's sorry-ass defense in the fourth quarter. You sat back and let Kyler Murray get destroyed in the shotgun, and you couldn't move people. And that's the reason why your defense was on the field the entire second half, and they scored the game-winning touchdown. Because I like I didn't have confidence. As we saw when the Cardinals got the ball back with the timeout in like 15 seconds, they couldn't even complete a pass. Now, I know that's an extreme circumstance, but to me it's just you are what your head coach kind of exemplifies. He's an offensive coach, and the, and the offense couldn't do anything. That, that, to me, game situation, everything else, take that away from it. You couldn't get a first down. And you went out and traded a first-round pick for Hollywood Brown, and DeAndre Hopkins makes $30 million a year, and you gave James Conner an extension, and you cut Eno Benjamin. You said, this is what we're going to do. And I don't care what the other statistics are for the rest of the game. You couldn't do anything. Tell them that, you're mad, Johnny. That, that, well, it just <laughs> you had your pieces. I don't want to hear about guys are injured. You took Trey McBride over a lot of other players in the second round. Like, I get it. Trey has to own that. He dropped the pass. You got to be better putting people in positions to succeed or not. $2 super chat. Give Vance a chance for the rest of the season. I don't think they'll do that. I don't know if that's the answer after today. Well, and and the defense, goodness. I mean, like, had the defense stood up at the end, I'd be all for that. But then they would have won the game. So Cliff's not getting fired. None of us think Cliff is getting fired right now anyway. In part because they just had to fire Sean Coogler for groping a woman in Mexico and they're a fucking embarrassment. So they need offensive coaches for the rest of the year. So they can't fire Cliff Kingsbury because you already had to fire your running backs coach for a domestic battery charge. You don't have an offensive line coach now. Like who am I going to go coach the offense with D.A. and Frank like that to me? You like you fire Cliff Kingsbury now. Like I know people want to see it and it's not even guaranteed at the end of the year. But you got to get through the next, what, five games? Yeah. $1.99 Super Chat. I'm getting more bricked for Sean. Uh, what does that mean? Oh, brick. Okay. I understand what that means. Listen, we'll talk <laughs> about don't. the Sean Payton aspect of it as we get uh, closer to the uh, end of the show. Yeah. We're not going to talk about. No. Here, get to this comment here. Uh, Hard Knocks is about to be a tire fire. Or is it? Or is it going to be more propaganda for the Arizona Cardinals? Uh, Cliff Kingsbury designed three series that went three and out in the fourth quarter. You're hey, exactly look, right. Hey, hey, guys, real quick. This is uh, this. It's not pretty, and it could have, it, it, it really could have been a better conversation <clears throat> on the back end. We walk away with the dove. That'd have been absolutely special. Um, looking at where we are, just as a team, <clears throat> I thought at the beginning of the week we had a the optim the optimism in the in the locker room, the way you guys how they felt like they as a as a team was going to come out and play. I felt like they felt like they had a chance to beat this team. I really can see that in some of the comments. That was being made stuff that Bo was uh, Bo Bo was actually dropping in in, in on on Twitter stuff. Just he was letting us know that the, the team felt good about the locker room. They felt like they had a chance. They felt like they could they could they could do something special today. 
And I, and I thought the way we looked like how we came out was different. The running game was there, which we hadn't seen, guys. Your boy JC got 100 plus yards. That's special. Chargers. I mean, right? you just, I mean, just, I don't, it's still, a charger. but still, he went out and got it. You still got to go get it, though. He, he was running he, hard. He was running hard. He yeah. showed the effort, the energy, and the thing that was there. D Hobbs played some, made some plays. Your boy Hollywood Brown made plays. The balls got scattered around. One of the guys in the chat said, this is one of, this is one of K1's best games. I got to agree to that. I can't say it wasn't, but in the back end, when we look at the second half, the second half absolutely stuck offensively. We did not. We didn't, rise, we didn't rise to the challenge, the challenge to actually go out and really continually keep this offense going and score and going going to score with the intent. We were managing the game, and then it just it, it, it went haywire. Hey, I have some breaking news here. Right Looks ahead. like we have Coach Sean Payton in the chat right now asking, "Is there any housing recommendations <laughs> here in Arizona?" Hey, we can hook you up with whatever you need. There might be an opening in Paradise Valley For not sure. too long from now. Uh, a, a nice, got some great views. Yeah, open concept. It's got a home theater, a lot of good stuff. Sean, we'll keep you posted on that. Uh, the second quarter, we left the run game. I think they, they just stopped being effective. I think the give the credit to, to Brandon Staley. They made adjustments. How about this? 699 Super Chat. I guess we don't have to try anymore if we're up in the third. Guys acted like we were up 21 late in the game. I grew with that to some shady, especially offensively. They felt like this, this game... This game's taken care of. We can cruise to it. And the Chargers said, no, no, no. We're going to keep the pressure on. We're And that, like, the, listen, the, the Chargers probably should have scored on the possession beforehand when they got that short punt and the penalty. But then Isaiah Simmons mm-hmm. bailed them out. But then what did the offense do? You had all the momentum. Nothing. They were forced to punt. <clears throat> Gave it right back. Uh, Saul Bookman uh, playing uh, the Grinch here. Uh, Cliff isn't getting fired. Neither is Kime. None of that's happening right now. No one believes that because, again, we we can't have hard knocks depict anything but, you know, sun, sun, sunshines and rainbows for the rest of that, you know, runtime of HBO. So and I don't think Michael Bidwell, I know he doesn't want to be embarrassed on that show, flipping it on its head. They're going to keep this intact, which is my guess. Now, it could change. We could wake up tomorrow morning. They could make a change. But they, they're going to keep this intact until January. And then we're going to see what the final record is. And we're going to most notably gentlemen see if this team quits or not because they they didn't quit today they played well enough to win the game they had two turnovers that cost them and a missed field goal is, is this season right now <clears throat> looking uglier than last year's season like we started out on fire it was beautiful and then it got ugly on the back because yeah, it's more painful so, there was no there's been no highs of this season it's it's been mostly lows even the games they win they barely win they have to come back the raider game the we Guys, never have an easy watch. I, it feels I like. feel like this is a Drake song. This is too far gone. Yeah, like I, I really do. In that, where the, we, we're we're looking at the offense, when you have these expectations, you have a dynamic two hundred thirty million dollar quarterback who's paired with the right head coach, offensive coordinator, whatever you want to call it, and that hasn't been the case. You yeah. want to see, you know, consistent games. And it was the first game back that you had D Hop and uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown, and you wanted to see that. That dynamic, the put, you know, the, the the big plays, and we saw you saw a little bit taste of that, and I think the game plan initially early on with James Conner was great, but you need to see consistent the build. That's what we see from greats. Yeah, that's, that's what correct. you see from greats throughout the National Football League. When you pay a guy two hundred thirty million dollars, and I have nothing <clears> but love and respect for Kyler Murray, but when you pay a guy two hundred thirty million dollars, you expect to see. Patrick Mahomes. You expect to see the be- some of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League, and you expect his head coach to put him in a position to do great things. Yeah. And I don't think that this situation right now, 
that they're paired together. And I know that there was some talk, or I think you posted it a little bit earlier today, Johnny, about Rap Sheet said that they had some opportunities to connect with each other. Hopefully they could continue to progress. But it's 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 been four years. If, if you've got communication issues with somebody you've been with for four years, I mean, there's only so much couples counseling that's going to take care of that during the during the off week when you're not playing. To me, it's just like... If if you're if you're button heads that much with Kyler Murray and vice versa with Cliff Kingsbury, and and you guys think you've got to figure it out by week twelve, like that's when you're working on it. Come on, I, I I'm not buying into that. Unstable kid. Thank you for the two dollar super chat. Why can't we catch a break from disappointment? Well, depends. I mean, it, we're gonna be disappointed because it's a disappointing season, and they're four and eight, and it doesn't look like they're yeah. they're gonna put forth much of anything this year. The po- the playoffs are out the door now, of, of basically officially here. Um, and they go into the bye week, you know, kind of a shell of themselves. I think what people have to hope for now is significant change, significant change at head coach, significant change at GM, <laughs> who also just entered our Doing chat. chat yeah. Star set a chat today, by the way. <laughs> yeah. uh, Steve Kimes linebackers, they look good when they are allowed to play linebacker, but Isaiah Simmons was forced uh, to play corner. Maybe Vance Joseph was dabbling on some OGs on the sideline because it really felt like he was uh, relaxed and, and too relaxed to put Isaiah Simmons at slot corner. And speaking of OGs, the official <clears throat> of PHNX local dispensary is available to you. It's 21 and over. It's got some of our favorite flavors, the orange creamsicle, which is flipping fantastic. You feel great when you use them. You got to check them out. OGs, visit ogbrands.com. And again, local dispensary here, dabble in downtown Phoenix. One of our favorite partner sponsors here at PHNX. We've got them. We use them regularly. My wife uses them. They're fantastic. Anything that you want to be able to use, they've got them. Check out ogbrands.com. But you have to be 21 and over to enjoy and enjoy responsibly. And speaking of our favorite vendors, how about Four Peaks, guys? They hosted the U.S. match on Friday with tremendous festivities. We had a great time. Mexico, Argentina, the atmosphere has been so incredible. If you haven't seen the morning buffet spread for the World Cup at Four Peaks, it is it's chef's kiss. I love their food, their fun atmosphere, all their drinks at Four Peaks. It's yeah. the official brewery of PHNX, PHNX Cardinals postgame show. And uh, there's no better place than to watch the World Cup. You can find their location in downtown Tempe. PHNX personalities, everybody's there hanging out, having a great time. Enjoy a cold one with you and your family. You know, bring the kids. They got food. They got they got good stuff. They got a kid's menu. And um, yeah, you can register for additional tickets to all of our quality events for Four Peaks outings. Again, the atmosphere, you cannot beat it. Again, you got to be 21 and older to dabble, but Four Peaks, the official brewery of PHNX. I want to continue the conversation People are upset. I get it. This is a this is a venting session. So PHNX Cardinals, we are not going to shill about what we're watching. We try to stay positive. I'm Mr. Positivity. I can't defend what I've watched this season. You lose you lose eight out of twelve. Get how about this for statistics, gentlemen? They have lost five of eighteen. They are five and thirteen in their last eighteen games. I, I know that's not this season, but how does that not scream? Make a change. It's broken. You've thought you that it's one thing to be terrible like Houston, and you're you're in this huge long rebuild, right? Yeah. We're in the fourth year of Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. Steve Kai's been the GM since 2013, 
and you're five and thirteen in your last because, eighteen games. John, you try and make sense of it, and there's two sides that you could look at this. One would say, "Oh, they've been snake bid. It's been injuries uh, from the start. You know, whether it be off the field issues, couple." But if you if you look at a series of events, I yeah. mean, it's been problematic, and I and I. I don't want to say, but it is the culture. You want to be from the top down. To me, your head coach shouldn't be taking Instagram pictures. Yeah. Your head coach yep. should be in the film room worried about the game. That That's me. I want a, a head coach that got a little bit of a gut, maybe a little bit <laughs> overweight, and that is focused on winning football games, yeah. not worried about his outfits. Like To me, that that's maybe call me old school, whatever you want to call it, but that's what I understand this game to be. You have to be dedicated. You have to be committed. And everything that I've heard about Cliff Kingsbury is been nothing but high level dudes they're early but off season or that like that that maybe like the same reasons why i love cliff because he's a super cool dude it's the same reason why great human being is the same reasons why i question the head coaching like because like just like the the post on draft day yeah laid out super relaxed like to me that don't look like you dialed in you can do that the new word is locked in to me you poke posting pictures on the beach when was the last time we saw anybody knows what andy reed does in the off season when was the last time anybody knows what uh, AB does besides going to golf events? You know what I mean? With his mm-hmm. entire family, not with his shirt off. To me, it's like those little details, those little attention to details is what matters. That's what, what people care. So when they see, when players see that, I think that they're like, well, well shit, if he don't care, then if he's all, having a good time, we all going to have a good time. Here's the problem. You hired him to have a relationship with your quarterback, and that relationship seems tentative at best, Frank Sanders. And on top of it, your your offense isn't producing. I, like I, you 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 may or not may or not be a, yeah. a leader of men, but those were your two things: get Kyler rocking and rolling, mm-hmm. fix the offense. Absolutely, and both those yeah. things are not what they should be. It's, it's not where it needs to be. I think. I mean, I, I watch a lot of the flow of their of their relationship and their communication. I don't know where that's at right now. Typically, you can watch Andy Reid, you can watch your boy Mahomes, you can see where their flow. Is. This is this is definitely like the Lafleur and and I, and a guy and you know Aaron Rodgers yeah. situation where one's trumping the other. You don't know how it's flowing. And I tell you what, guys, DA is on point with a lot of things he's talking about. And I say this respect, respectfully, saying that. Guys watch how we how they communicate with each how other. How you move. How how you're flowing with each other. How how we're discussing plays. If you're barking and whatever, you're you're being disrespectful in such situations. I mean, like there's there's gonna be there's that part where you realize that this thing is there's a problem. And unfortunately, sometimes I I've been on a lot of losing teams here um with, with the Cardinals, and I I I can say that I see some sense of things that are that are taking place. Some similarities. I, it, it is some similarities. And I will say that the, there are guys that are there pushing, doing extra stuff that they should be doing, and there's guys that are not. And I think when you're watching the guys that should be doing what they're doing not do that, it becomes almost like a little really, if he's not doing it, then I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And I think that sometimes sneaks in there. Guys, look, but I'm going to go back. I saw this game. We all watched this game. Yeah. We all watched this game. It looked like we had it. Now, I don't know. In the second half, we all saw that this thing changed in the second half. Offensively. Got outcoached. Well, and, and what happens is that we became more defensive and they became more offensive. Yeah. They were on attack but, mode because they were behind. And that and we saw that. And that's just, you know, and we had no answers for that. Once you Frank, start. But Frank, real quick, I hate to cut you off, but in that first half where I think it was like the third or fourth series where it was fourth and one before Kyler threw that interception, where when he, when he did throw that interception, like there was no kick. James Conner was going off. 
He had roughly 72 yards, or the team had 72 yeah. yards yep. at half. Like, why wouldn't you continue that ride that wave? You know, ha have a pulse of your team and give James Conner the ball rather than trying to force it and putting yourself in a position where it's uncharacteristic and you may not feel comfortable and do some dumb shit and throw an interception. Because that's we know how Cliff can do that. We know Cliff doesn't do that though, because we always see him in scenarios where if if the running game is on fire, then he has he has no choice but to pass it. Yeah. If 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 our passing game for short is there, he'll do some kind of dumb screenplay. Like it just it doesn't. There is the flow of it is off in in moments, and I think that's I, he not not having the pulse of what takes place, kind of going down your script, seeing what what you want to do. And what you think is cute to try to feed guys, giving D hops a play when it doesn't really require it. Finding a play for HB, it doesn't really require it. F trying to figure out how to get the ball out, how, how to get Kyler some stats, doesn't require it. Shit, some days if you got if the running game's on fire, just run the ball down people's throat. And we don't have that right now. Uh, CHM7777, thank you for the $2 super chat, my guy or gal. 2023 uh, mock draft. I'm looking at O-Lyman. I'm looking at a, hopefully a new GM to make that pick. Uh, as of right now, the Arizona Cardinals are selecting eighth overall at four and eight. You hate to see it. Uh, we are in draft season, unfortunately, here in Arizona. And again, I, there's a lot of speculation, gentlemen, in the chat. Like, you know, we, we don't want to be fair weather fans, only cheer for no, Listen, we're here. I do, a, I do a Cardinals show six out of the seven days a week. There ain't no fair weather fans here, but we're keeping it real. I'm not going to feed you, you know, shit and tell you it's cake right here in late November with, with, when the team looks like garbage, like the team doesn't look good. And Cliff Kingsbury is winning about, I don't know, 20 percent of his games in, in the last calendar year. That's the reality of the situation we're faced. What we're here to dissect is what changes need to be made and will this front office inevitably make the changes to help this team succeed? That It's all in the hands of Michael Bidwell right now. You can think of what you yeah. want with Cliff. But I mean, to be able to move off a of cliff, you got to move off of Steve Keim because you cannot allow Steve Keim to hire his fourth coach. That's you, unprecedented. But you can leave him, Johnny. Well, I think this is what you have to have, though. You have to have a coach that comes in and establish the leaders. He established the leadership and where, where he wants to change and what he wants to do with his team. Like you, you could have that. And then the success of getting the guys and telling guys specifically, this is your role. This is your job. This is your task. Go do that. And that's all I need you to do. Yeah. Like that's, that's, and, and what, if you get guys under that same mentality, realizing that it's all I got to do. Like we watched Tampa Bay last year, hire a ton of players. They brought players in and they had specific jobs to do. And once they knew that they just, they went out and did their jobs. And yep. I think that's the part where, you know, right now we're missing that. We're missing that. And I think to bring a new coach in, that would bring excitement to the fan base, but it also bring a different kind of mentality to the locker room. Kyler Murray needs a new head coach. I'm sorry. Like, I, 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 there's not one person that can look you in the eye and make a case that Cliff Kingsbury is good for Kyler Murray right now. Because regardless of how you feel about K1, and he needs to be better, he's making $180 million guaranteed. He, he is your best option at quarterback. You can go out, Michael Bidwell, and spend big money on Jim Harbaugh or Sean Payton and get them to coach your team next year. What you can't do is eat Kyler Murray's contract and then go find somebody better than Kyler Murray. That's not going to happen. Not in a singular offseason. It would take years of tanking, getting a top pick, developing them, right? Kyler Murray's in his mid-20s. We've seen Kyler Murray be an MVP caliber player. We know it's there. And he wants to win, clearly. That's why he butts heads with Cliff Kingsbury. But what you can do is you can upgrade everything around Kyler Murray to make him the best possible version of himself. Guys, I don't think that talent, and I, and I hope the chat gets this, I don't think that talent 
is the issue, but I think the coach's job is get the most out of that talent and, that's not and, and put them put them in positions to win. I mean, I don't care what level you look at that, whether it's junior peewee, high school, college, professional. It's identifying a talent and seeing what's working, what doesn't work. Uh, you know, being able being able to pivot. It's not being the most intelligent people aren't aren't the always you know, the, the best survivors, it's the ones that are, are willing to adapt. And I think that if you look at this Arizona Cardinals team, they haven't adapted from, you know, year two to year three. We've seen progression, but since the last, the, the first seven games of the year last year, Johnny, I mean, Kyler has went 11 and 17. Name one homegrown offensive player that Cliff Kingsbury has been a part of the drafting and developing process where you could say he is a plus player for this team, a homegrown draft pick. Besides, I mean, Kyler. That's it. Literally the first player that Cliff was over, overseeing as a part of this franchise, and you can make an argument now, how much has that been Cliff Kingsbury with how much Kyler has regressed this year? Not a running back, not a tackle, not a guard, not a center, not a tight end, clearly, not a receiver, and they've tried. Sure as hell they've tried. But, I mean, you, Cliff can't take credit for DeAndre Hopkins. There has not been one singular offensive skilled player or lineman that Cliff Kingsbury has elevated since he's been drafted by the Cardinals in 2019 and beyond. And like we, we, we get up here and we talk about Sean Payton and, and that may be a pipe dream to some people. We happen to believe it's a, it's a real possibility, but look at what that guy did with undrafted free agents like Jimmy Graham and Alvin Kamara in the third round and Michael Thomas, all of these players yeah. time after time, after time, elevating them, making them Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill probably be out of football if it wasn't for him. You look at Cliff Kingsbury, it's the opposite. Well, we got to trade for Hollywood Brown. Here's a first-round pick. We got to trade for DeAndre Hopkins. We got to trade for Robbie Anderson. We got to give proven, proven talent because our head coach, Frank Sanders, can't go take a Frank Sanders and elevate him. No, nah, he, he's not doing He's not doing a good job of it. The beautiful thing about it is like what D.A. said, we got talent. We got the players on the outside to get the ball to. We got a quarterback that's supposed to be able to throw it. Uh, but we're just not putting guys in the right position to actually go out and make plays. Crazy thing about it is we're watching the same offense consistently. We've been watching the same offense for the last four years. Nothing has changed. There have been a couple of wrinkles added, and the wrinkles that have been added is primarily maybe he's watching film on the other team and what they're doing versus the opponent you're playing. Add that little wrinkle in, and then after that, you, you get away from it and go back to being you. And I think that's the sad part about it. We all watch film as, a, as players. We watch what other teams do well. We might steal one or two plays. We add it into our system. We run the play, and then after that is basically that's what we've seen. Kyle, excuse me, we've seen Cliff kind of do. Um, I, I don't see anybody on this team being elevated. One, of the, one somebody in the chat talked about watching it, how horrible it has to be to really be watching, you know, D Hops as well as JJ Watts and the and maybe some parts of the latter years of their career just basically come here and not necessarily flourish as 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 when we see our players that leave our team go other places and they basically flourish. And so sometimes. That is an in-house situation, and it needs to and it needs to be fixed. V Rain NF it brings up a great point. Look around the NFC West; it is not world beaters. The Niners are led by Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm -hmm. The the Seahawks led by that defense. They led by that. Yeah, and they're and they're coming back down to earth. The Rams are are on the point of just complete and total, you know, implosion where everybody's getting fired, everybody's getting traded. This is a winnable division, and I know that's crazy to say for a team that's four and eight. This is not the NFC West of 2013 that Bruce Arians, by the way, walked into and won 10 games when the other two teams in your division were in the NFC title game. That's not what Cliff Kingsbury is facing, and I think the, the most frustrating part is you get an above-average coach with this group, and you feel like at, at minimum 
They're a playoff team. They started out with playoff odds this year. Vegas thought they would be a playoff team. And instead, they are trending toward a top 10, maybe even a top five draft pick. That, that, that to me is at the end of the day, you can blame it on injuries. I get it. People are out. People are missing. Look around the NFL. Everybody's got injuries. Everybody's got problems. There are teams like the Chargers who are choosing to deal with it by winning games without Joey Bosa, without Mike Williams, without Rashawn Slater, all of these great players. So you're saying teams can win with uh, guys injured. They're allowed to. They're also allowed to win at home, which the Cardinals uh, are inept at, at wow. doing as well. Um, we're going to be joined, hopefully, by my better half, Bo Brock, here in a couple minutes as he is getting the insight from Cliff Kingsbury, among others, at the post-game press conference. Uh, he's going to be in the locker room and hopefully joins us live from State Farm Stadium. But, gentlemen, I did dabble on underdog fantasy today, and I, I thankfully did make some money. I had the hires for both Kyler Murray and James Conner. Those hit relatively early, but then the Cardinals offense went kaput, and so did my uh, little parlay on Underdog Fantasy. But the good news is, if you want to dabble, Underdog Fantasy makes it easier for you. I am over your long fantasy leagues. I hate them. I draft all the wrong players, and then I'm stuck with them. I would rather do one-offs, daily fantasy. Your best place to do it is on Underdog Fantasy. And, and Cardinals update throws in and says, says, you know, we beat ourselves, you know, whatever. But I want to throw this to you guys. What are you most frustrated about this game or this season thus far? You know what I mean? In terms of seeing this team, we talk about the talent. We talk about, you know, it's being supposed to be the perfect match between Cliff and Kyler. You know, Vance does, yeah. a, you know, has done a great job up to the, not, well, not a great job, but has done a good job putting his players in a position to win up to this point. What's been the most frustrating part for you guys? I think the offense ineptitude looking like they have no identity. The defense, I'm sure Frank will agree, like the defense was not supposed to be great this year. They spent no money. Their big defensive addition, RIP Jeff Gladney, signed a multi-year deal with this team in March. He passed away in a tragic car accident. That was their big off-season move. They let Ch Chandler Jones go, and I know he hasn't been great, but they didn't replace him. They added some day two, late day two edge rushers, and that was it. Then, then they traded for Trayvon Mullen when the season started because they panicked because their cornerback room was ass. Their, their defense was what it was. The offense, Frank, is where they put all their chips in the table, yep. and this team can't score touchdowns. Schematically. I, I just look at the X's and O's, man, and that's what it's about. Like you talked about guys being hurt and still being able to win an NFL. It's definitely possible. It we happened today with the Chargers. It, it happened, right, and the quarterback, had he had to use his legs on some plays, but they found a way to get the ball out to the guys that can make plays, and they ran routes that was absolutely beneficial for them and attacking our guys in, in their, weak, in their, situation in their weak points, right? Basically, because we looked at Eckler catch balls at the backfield. We watched these guys run angle routes or a little uh, what we what we call basic choice routes for the running yep. back. That has always been a problem for us for the last two years, three years with our, with, in our linebacking core, and they, we have not fixed that. Scheme-wise, watching the offense not be able to maneuver and get the best out of guys is definitely my, is my biggest problem because I feel like we got the talent. I look at the guys on the outside offensively yep. that we can make plays with, and they should be able to do it, and we're not doing it. The offense looks exact, exactly the same as it's looked over the last four years, and teams have been able to figure that out and stop that, and that's been my problem. What do you think, D? I, I think it's definitely the need for consistency. Like when, And I, I go back to this. When you have an all-star quarterback, you have D-Hop, you have James Conner, and you invest so much money 
offensively, you have an expectation that they're going to score 25 to 30 points every game. They should. Like, I mean, that's how you should feel about it when, and I I don't want to continue to pair it to to Patrick Mahomes, but he's one of the best in the league, and that's just what it is. And he he and Andy Reid, and I understand Andy Reid has been in this game a a lot longer, and I'm not going to get into the contextual aspect of it, but at the same time, when you get paid the same amount of money, that's what people compare you to. So Mm-hmm. Kyler and Cliff being compared to Andy and Patrick is just a natural beast of this game. So when you expect your million dollar, multi-million dollar quarterback to go out there and put up these, you know, unbelievable stats, unbelievable games, there hasn't been consi- consistency on the offensive side of the ball, whether it be injuries or whatever. To me, that the whole Chargers win today defeats that whole argument. Yeah. of winning, you know, the inability to win with injuries. That being said, we talked about this, Johnny. You invest no money offensively. It's been in the chat. Gardak and, and Golden should not be in coverage covering people. They should be situational Horrific. pass rushers or, or on rundowns. I mean, that's what they should do. I, I do think that JYD is, is having an underwhelming year. I know, you know, I know him personally, and it's, it's unfortunate. This team is, is their record. And I think that's yep. indicative of how they've been playing. I mean, they've been playing, you know, worse than they've been playing good, and that's why they have eight L's in, in terms of four wins. And I think that that's predicated on their inability to be consistent on either side of the ball. Yeah, it's frustrating. Uh, I want to get to uh, a quick point here. So I was talking about Underdog Fantasy. I want to remind everybody you can check them out, underdogfantasy.com. Download the app. Use that promo code PHNX. Guess what? Underdog Fantasy is going to match your first deposit up to $100. You may lose a lot of money betting on the Arizona Cardinals, as I have, but Underdog Fantasy is going to hook you up with a free hunt. All you've got to do is use that promo code PHNX, Underdog Fantasy. Get in on the action today. I want to remind everybody, all this fabulous furniture that you see here at the PHNX Studios on set, multiple sets, recliners, the whole shebang comes from one place, and that is more furniture and you can check out their continued black friday sale going on right now it is the best furniture for the best price up to 50 percent off on all of their local arizona furniture showroom items check it out all you got to do is go to morefurniture.com look at all their deals check it out in person we have such a great time rocking and rolling in more furniture gear here at the phnx studios we are so fortunate to have them as a partner cardinals are fortunate to have this young man under center for them. The Cardinals took the L. Kyler Murray is our DraftKings king of the game. Back to, I thought, almost his you know full capabilities here. I do think had they gotten the ball back in overtime, if, if Brandon Staley opted to kick a field goal, I think Kyler would have been productive. 18 to 29, 191 yards passing, two touchdowns, 56 yards rushing, and a touchdown, the king of the game. You know, Kyler opens up the second half, guys, 18-yard run. Didn't feel like he kept the ball again and and ran with it in the second half after that. It almost felt like, you know, uh, Cliff Kingsbury and company just said, okay, we're just going to allow James to run the ball. I thought Kyler looked really good coming off of that hamstring. I think, again, we talked about it at nauseum during the week. The last five, six games of the season are about, yeah, you want to try to win as many games as possible, but it's about getting Kyler Murray right, whether it's for Cliff or the next regime. Look, the way Kyler came out and ran, he looked, he looked like we needed another week off. And that was great for us Yeah, because he came out and played well. Also, just real quick in the chat, hello from Germany. What's up? What's, What's up? up? What's up? Thank you for joining the show. Uh, look. It's breaking see Deutsch. I mean, uh, huh? none. Oh, okay. Danke. You Mr. Wanna, you Mr. Wanna... Northwestern no, educated here is making Frank and I look 
I, I was okay. You keep going. Yeah, you no, had some both. That's all I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. So, but <laughs> I went to a state school. <laughs> Hello from Ireland, my man. Hey, look, Eno also said in the chat just one thing. I thought you said, "Will JJ come back?" And I said, "I said no," because I think if I'm JJ, I'll take a pay cut and I'm bouncing. I'm going to I'm going to Pittsburgh to play with my brother so I can finish my career potentially with you know one. Why would he power. come? Why would he come back? I mean, but that's and that and so that's the conversation. But he kind of up there. He kind of up see, there in age, man. You got to preserve I mean, the body, no, man. But that's the Pittsburgh idea. This, chilly. But this is what happens when you say these things. Like this is the part where guys guys need to know that they believe in the leadership and where we're going. And when you get guys that we have a we have a pretty much most of our guys of age, they are they have they have uh, they have time and tenure. They don't have much time left on the clock. AJ has not time. They don't have a bunch of time on the clock. And I think AJ actually still got one or two good years in him in the right system that can fit him. D Hops is up for what, $25, $30 million next year? Yeah. And he, will he come back for that? And, and looking at the situation he has, conversation with the quarterback, does he see that we're progressing and do we have a good relationship? Well, here, here, here's a question Our for old you. line is oldest. The old line is old. Like, J.J. Watt is your best front seven player this year. What does that say about your front seven? And I love J.J. He was always supposed to be a complimentary piece of a championship team. And now you're at you're asking him to be Houston Texans MVP, defensive MVP, J.J. Watt. That's not going to happen. I, I can't imagine he comes back. Here's another question. If everybody wants change, I want change. The gentleman up here want change. A new regime in place, no one is safe. Nobody. Somebody comes in. Yeah, they report to Michael Bidwell. Even if it's Adrian Wilson or Quentin Harris, guys, they go and they go through this roster with a fine-tooth comb. And so uh, we can fall in love with players, fall in like with them. Because this season at 4-8, and eight, you've said it time and time again. We're watching the game. Like, we love these players. We uh, I, we we over probably overvalue a lot of them. They're 4-8 and eight right now. You are what your record is. Nothing should be off, off the table. Outside of trading Kyler Murray because you can't do that, the cap hit, there's nobody to replace him. But I... You know, everything has to be on the table for this team to improve. I mean, especially when you're four and eight. I mean, all options are on the table, yeah, and you're is. looking to put the best foot forward for your franchise. So, to me, with the exception of maybe Kyler Murray, D Hop, and, you know, maybe James Conner, but I mean, we all know how this can be. The last game, everybody was like, oh my God, James Conner looks so terrible can't believe this you know what i mean today you're like oh my god he's the best running back in the national football league. he's not dude's playing amazing you know what i mean he's showing some wiggle breaking tackles whatever but you guys understand my point and i think that you just have to temper your expectations let them do what they do because at one point you understand that d hop is i mean it, it's a double-edged sword guys at one period you know d hop suspended for six games that's not cliff or that's not steve's problem you know that they're not responsible for that but then he right. gets hollywood as a result and you're like oh shit but they are Dude is a genius. But they are responsible for being able to look competent without him. And the fair. entire the That's entire fair. theme of the season is please That's save us singular players. Save us Kyler. Save us Diop. Save us Hollywood. Save yourself. Put together a game plan that looks competent regardless of the skill players. Put, put people in best positions to succeed. When was the last time we have watched a game, the three of us sitting together and said, hell of a play call by Cliff Kingsbury. It's been like fucking years. I haven't been able to say it one time. Like beautiful today, play. today the very, I, I very first play that. today was the one time. Oh, we the, saw the, count, the, the counter, counter off the yeah, edge. The counter off the edge, man. The two tight ends. That's in sad, motion. Man. That was beautiful. <laughs> it was a beautiful sad. play, man. We just yeah. Hey. Steve comes in the chest that he did give us Robbie Anderson. What more do you want? <laughs> I'm talking. When was the last time they hit today, a big Steve. play? A 50, 60 yarder bomb or run? It is. We the, have, their we, margin we have for no error is so small, and it shouldn't be. Their offensive payroll is $100 million. 
They have spent over $100 million on their offensive pieces. Now, you could argue Justin Pugh's gone, Rodney Hudson's gone, Zach Ertz is gone, DJ Humphreys is gone. I get that. But, I mean, the Cardinals were not winning games when those players were in the lineup either. Yeah. This is this is a bigger issue than just injuries. The locker room right now is absolutely... Eno's in the chat, guys. Eno says he's available. He's not available. Um, <laughs> Eno would not crazy. come back here if they offered him a ten-year contract. Um, hey, look, the locker room right now, and I, I can't wait till Bo comes on because that be one of my number one questions. And I've been in a lot of locker rooms like this here. It's quiet. You don't want to point fingers. You're looking at each other, saying, "What? What the? What the hell just happened?" You're gonna go back and watch film. They're gonna give him that twenty-four rule. Well, basically, they got more than that now because it's the bye week. Um, but what you will see is when guys come back. And you're gonna have this is gonna be a this is a long this is gonna be one of the longest weeks they ever have in in this process of getting to the bye. We don't have to play next week. Yeah. But sucking this L up after after basically giving it away, looking at themselves and saying, who do we trust now? How many guys you gotta finish the season? Who's this, gonna quit on but, us? And this basically was the moment where this is a tall tell sign of what are they have to can do? Can we that get L? to the, huh? What do they have to do that L again? Suck it up. We have to suck that L big time. And no, you know what? They're gonna <laughs> look, it's it's on the table right now, Pause. Okay, so, but they, 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 they're going to need a moment to really gather themselves, bro, because they don't. I agree with you 100%. It's going to be guys jumping ship, man. Guys not finishing the season. Guys got shoulder injuries that need to kind of get themselves together so they can look for another team. We're waiting on Bo Brock, yeah. who's waiting on Kyler Murray. So it might be a while. We know how K1 rolls. Last person in the press conference. I, I lived that life last year. He's on his own time. Love the man. So now it is time to do my favorite thing. It is time to speculate. Emma, do you have my favorite graphic? Producer Emma Extraordinaire. Johnny, come on. Do I have your favorite graphic? Chef's kiss. It is Sean Payton Watch Mother Effers. Here we go. PHNX Cardinals podcast, who, by the way, started this trend. Uh, there's a tweet that I want to point out. My guy, friend of the program, uh, <clears throat> Kyle Odegaard, tweeting out, if Sean Payton is truly interested in the Cardinals and the Chargers, that today was a good result for Arizona. And we don't root for losses up here, but I mean, Brandon Staley's job, a little bit more secure today. doesn't look like they'll fire him tomorrow. Cliff Kingsbury's job hanging on, I would I imagine, by a threat at 4-8. and eight. Go look at the Chargers' schedule for the rest of the year. It's a lot of slop. I think they're going to eat and they're going to get into the playoffs. Look at the, the Arizona Cardinals are not going to be a playoff team this year. Indo facto, Sean Payton, come on down. Come on down. Let's get the checkbook ready. And here's the thing. In all seriousness, gentlemen, I am going to be so pissed off if and when they let Kime go and Kingsbury go. And Michael Bidwell sits up there. We love you, Michael. Come on the show. Friend of the program. He's not, but hopefully future friend. If he sits up there in January and says, now I got to start my search. No, start it now. It's the bye week. You're going nowhere with this group. Start making phone calls. Nobody says you can't do under the deal tables right now. You're a businessman. You got your own airplane. You got a flipping private jet for your team. Start wheeling and dealing. Call up Jeff Ireland, who's the assistant GM for the Saints, Sean Payton's buddy. Make him an offer that, hey, Black Monday, you're our guy. And then uh, and start talking to Sean Payton. D-Hops, maybe, because they can't get Michael Thomas healthy. Maybe JJ, you got to sweeten the deal really well to get to, to get to Sean. I, I'm here. Here's and, why Cardinal fans are going to be pissed at me for saying this. 
as long as you've got K1 and Sean Payton, I don't care what the roster looks, rest of the roster I looks mean, like. I mean, you're going to find a way. Yeah, no absolutely. one else is off the table. It's a coach and head, it's a head coach and quarterback league. Everything else is moot. I like, I want to keep all of our good players and picks, but that doesn't, in the, the, the rosters, everybody thinks the roster's good now and they've won four games because their head coach and their quarterback don't get along and the head coach is failing this organization and the GM to a lot of extents, DA is failing the organization. I mean, but, but you can say, Johnny, the argument can be like they've lost to some good teams. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, when you look at it, with the exception but they're of a five hundred, uh, with the but they're not. I mean, as we just said, four and what? Four and four and eight. Four and eight. I mean, today, obviously, the Chargers are now what six and five. You look at 49ers, they look to be a playoff team. You look at Seattle, they played them twice. They they're 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 trending down, but they look to be a you know uh make the playoffs in the West. And you look at Kansas City, and you look at the teams that they have lost to Minnesota as well, with the exception of that that big L to to Dallas, right? So. You look at the teams that they've played, they've been competitive. It hasn't been any super blowouts, and I think that that's the frustrating aspect of it because you see oh, glimpses. They got, they got blown out Monday Night Football. Okay, yeah, you're right. Oh, but that was a, 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 a debilitated team. I mean, yeah. they were playing against you know third and fourth stringers, and, and it was a war of attrition. The 49ers came out the second half and just, you know, we're going to take over this game. We're yeah. going to run the ball, and there's nothing that you can do. So, I mean, I do agree with you there. However, I just think that there's been glimpses of this team of, of of doing well, right? We've seen, you know, Kyler be Kyler, Hop be Hop, and, and certain players step up in a major way. We've seen Isaiah Simmons. We've seen Zayvon Collins or, you know, J.J. Watt being J.J. Watt, but it hasn't been consistent enough because, I mean, you don't go to Minnesota and turn over the ball multiple times and still are one score away. You know, Minnesota's a good football team. They they got their ass beat by Dallas. That that happens. But in and out throughout the year, they're a good balanced football team. So you that's what you test them against. You just hate to see when they play a team like the Chargers when you think on paper and you've seen what they you've seen throughout the year what they can do and they end up taking a step backwards because they don't finish the game. Situationally, big dog, everything I mean, you're saying between Kansas City Chiefs, which looked like we didn't have a goddamn chance. And the 49ers on last Monday night, we look, we didn't have a goddamn chance. Fair, fair. I agree. Every other game the we had Seahawks an opportunity. The Seahawks games, though. I mean, but we were competitive. Had, Seahawks the, are good, the Johnny. The Seahawks were supposed to be awful. We're supposed to. I mean, we're, we're supposed to be great. So what? that's, your, that's I, our counter that, argument. The tonight. Cardinals payroll compared to the Seahawks payroll. The, the the Seahawks quarterback compared to the Cardinals quarterback. Only argument I'd say there is. Though. Only argument I'd say there is coaching. Well, that, yeah, and, that's so, the problem. And that's, and that's why we're and it's talking. only going to get worse. Yeah. The, the two teams that I said we really just got, we got smashed by. Agree with that. Everyone right? else we showed to play, but we just situation wise did not meet, did did not rise to the challenge of finishing the ball game in, in any manner, like like today. And today is a definite point. One of the guys in the chat, I just go back, man. Why are we talking this Peyton? And, and I, I I'm I'm resonating in this conversation saying fire Cliff, but you know what I'm thinking about? Like when you look at his home record, it's horrible. If you're mm -hmm. owner realizing you can't win at home, the coach I got can't get a victory at the house with the fan base I got, that in itself, I, the road is one thing. I get it. And, again, we we all show up to play. Look, I know what it feels like to be in the locker room. We know it's it's guys are grinding. Some guys are not. Some guys are good. Some guys are not. And you, you want to have your best. And throughout the week you don't have some. Sometimes you go into games, you don't have your best. And you hope that the game plan is better than their game plan. Yeah. You hope that. And I guess in it, when I'm looking at where we are right now, just cross the board, just what if you're the owner looking at your coach who cannot win at the house, can't get guys ready, to me, man, it is absolutely disturbing.
Go ahead, Jay. Well, Cardinals update supports your claim. Home games should be automatic wins. Like though, like before this like a ninety percent. Yeah, like it's you're crazy. supposed to protect the nest. Remember that little slogan the team had once upon a time: protect the nest. All the sellouts once upon a time. As our GM Saul Bookman puts it in the chat, the '90s cards played better than Cliff's cards. You are what your record is, and it's a recency bias, and it's an unbiased opinion right now of Cliff Kingsbury, who it just it's it's time to move on. I'm sorry, I didn't want to believe it before the season. I give him the benefit of the doubt. We know him personally, you know, hung with him at the NFL Combine briefly. Saul and I did. He's a great guy, great human being. He's going to have a lot of success probably as an offensive coordinator whenever he leaves Arizona. But right now, you look at this team and how they're built. This is not a team that just picked in the top five in the NFL draft that had mild expectations this year. This was a team that last year started hot and flamed out in horrific fashion with huge expectations. Mm -hmm. And then this year has not caught up in the slightest. And are uh, in a, a right. lot of Sundays are not even competitive with the talent that they have. So, so. Well, two, two, two Sundays, like Frank said. But like certain, two, Kansas like, City. Go back and to that first Seattle game in Seattle. The offense couldn't score. They didn't score an offensive touchdown. So I, the defense. But the been, defense held them to what twenty points. But that's not. And I go back, and that's part of the problem. Da is like I, I put a hundred percent of the ownership of the offense on Cliff. I don't give him credit for anything else. I don't give Cliff credit for anything that Vance does defensively. Fair, fair. Because when he was hired, Steve Kime knew he had no contacts in the NFL. So he put together his entire staff, and Vance hired his entire defensive staff. And they were lucky to get Vance Joseph. They had to court him away after he was fired from the Broncos' head job. And, and you know, Vance is what he is. Would we like to see the defense be better? Yes. And, the and the you know, the play of the inside backers, how Isaiah Simmons is used is not ideal. But, like, the, the defense was never supposed to be great this year. I think we thought middle of the pack we would that would be a winning game plan. It's because of the offense. The offense is so disjointed now and like I was I was tough on Vance at the beginning of the season you go back and watch those post game shows I hope that you do I was I was dogging on Vance and I gave Cliff a bunch of excuses now like you are what your record is you are what we've seen like I, I'm not don't take a piss on me and tell me it's raining like this we've seen 12 games of this every game looks the same they have not had an efficient offensive game where it looked in sync outside of the one game coincidentally with Colt McCoy but we've seen how bad the LA Rams are. I want to get to more of these comments here. Arizona Animal Cliff will be fine. Probably gets a great college job. Absolutely. And we'll root for Cliff. He's a great person. Cliff winning no matter what. Yeah. Cliff is good. Yeah. So I that's why when people Cliff get, is caked up. People make this personal life? like think about yeah, think about Cliff about? and his personal life. Cliff Cliff's already won. Cliff's making big time winning. money. American he's, dream. He's going to get paid out if he gets bought out. Probably over thirty million dollars this off season. What I care about, what these gentlemen care about, what everybody at this network cares about is the Cardinal football culture, the brand, and winning games. Yeah. No one wants to see this team lose every Sunday and be a joke, be a fucking embarrassment on and off the field that they've been now for some time. When you go back to this offseason, things with James Saxon, Hollywood Brown arrest, the shit with Kyler Murray's contract was a complete disaster, the addendum clause with the homework bullshit that they let it get out and then of course this sean coogler stuff and then hopkins gets suspended they they've just been in the news for all the wrong reasons hey cardinals try to level up and be in the news for the right reasons develop players cultivate uh, a fan base in the desert that can be proud of the product you put on and off the field and win games on sunday and to frank's point win games at home it, it, it matters man like we <laughs> there is no uh there's no excuses for what we're watching. Honestly, it, it looks bad. And as a, 
as a player, man, I'd be in the locker room like, what the hell is going on? I, I, I would think and look at myself as, what am I doing? What could I do better? But not only that, I would, I would look at the game plan and say, man, are, are you maximizing this moment? Like, am I getting D.A. to rock enough? Well, I know he can get, am I putting him in the best position on a swing route or outside route? I can get, I can, I can get it to him. Or, or traps or draws. What's the best thing for this guy? Where we are offensively right now, what's the best thing for us, given the condition of our offensive line? And I think that we're not maximizing that moment. I think that's the concern that I have. And that's coaching. That's play calling. And that's coaching. Unless, unless we all get a chance to watch the full, uh, the full film and have a chance to really watch what Cliff is calling in that window of time, what we're seeing right now does not look good. It has not looked good. The glimpses of it is too minimal to, for us to really be all on board saying that. You talk about consistency, D.A., we're not seeing that across the board. The play calling is not consistent. The, play, the player and the performance is not consistent. And that, to us, man, is one of the things you just got to look at and say, man, it's the leadership here. Paul says the attitude reflects the leadership and the, car, the cards right now. And the attitude right now is not where it needs to be in regards to the idea mentally, the mentality of winning and going out and dominating teams. That mentality would have kept us driving. If he, if Cliff would have thought in himself that the second half we got, we're up right now. Pedal to the metal. We still right? gotta get. I gotta get. I gotta get balls, deep balls. Balls gotta make. We gotta Instead get plays. Clinching up. We can't. We can't. I gotta, I gotta get this offense running and, and shooting, shooting, shooting my best shots at these dudes, man, because they're still in the bottom half of the, of the NFL in regards to the Chargers. Excuse me, in the bottom bottom half of the defense wise. I still got my dogs. Let's go eat. I didn't see that, and so therefore, that's that's the problem where what I have right now with the situation. Guys, I think that Frank, you and I could acknowledge that winning in the National Football League is very difficult. Very difficult. It, it's hard. I think the frustrating aspect where I could, you know, empathize and understand what a fan is is that when you have your quarterback, you have your head coach. You have your wide receivers, mm -hmm. you have your running back, and you've made these, you know, you've secured your offensive linemen, whatever, or haven't, right? And that's going to be the reason why this team wins, and you don't do that, that equals frustration. Yep. When you, you had no expectation on Vance, it's like, yeah, we sure, we got some good guys, Ben, but don't break for the most part. Be opportunistic, but when – the foundation of your success is on the offense and, and the reason why I, I truly believe Cliff and Kyler are tied together. You know, wh why this thing happened out here in Arizona was because mm -hmm. they saw an opportunity to get Kyler and mm -hmm. how can we make this work? You saw what McVay and Shanahan were doing in, in, in LA as well as San Francisco. You thought you that don't. you had some, and this, this game is a gamble. And as we said, it's difficult to win. And we are seeing that. And I think that cliff has taken Kyler so far, but when you still have those situations where it's situational football and you continue to come up short and that's what this season is being four and eight, and you know, winning four games, losing eight, all the burden and all all the the onus is going to fall on the head coach. Yeah. Yep. And you you can almost accept like, and Willie and the chat said both these teams suck. They're not both teams not great. And in the day, Cardinals just worse. Agree. They're five and five now. They're six, six and, and five. five. They got <laughs> a winning four record. And eight. Right. They 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 got a winning record. They also play in a much tougher conference and a much tougher division in the AFC West. Now the Raiders and Broncos aren't great, but they're in a division with the Chiefs, and they and they have to play top teams mm -hmm. in the AFC. The Cardinals schedule, I think it was overblown to begin the year. I don't think it's been nearly as, as difficult as some make it out to be. And and again, like the Cardinals were expected, they've been favored in many losses this year. Not favored to cover, favored to win outright. And when you're favored to win outright and you lose, 
like it's happened time and time again, dating back to last year when they went to Detroit and lost in humiliating fashion. Man, they were like fourteen. They were like fourteen point favorites in that game. Yeah. Lost by thirty five. Yeah, it, it's thirty five, and that's a reflection of Cliff Kingsbury. Thirty point, thirty five points. Broncos scored. are awful. I agree with Saul. I mean, they're terrible. Yeah, somebody's got to win that game in a couple of weeks. Uh, hopefully, you won all your bets, uh, and you did it using the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, my DraftKings pick of the week. One of them was uh, I did pick the over in this game, which did hit, which which was a lot of fun. I, I also loved loved the Cincinnati Bengals today at plus one. They took care of business at Tennessee, and listen. It's not just for quality NFL matchups, but you get boosted left and right using the NBA boost on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. The NBA season is heating up, um, and it's been a lot of fun for me because not only have I been dabbling on over-unders and spreads and point totals, but all the player props that DraftKings has, it's unparalleled. Listen, if you're not betting on DeAndre Ayton and all of his overs lately for the Phoenix Suns, you might want to think again. You might also want to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that promo code PHNX. Place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet. NBA action tonight on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets. If they do, that's promo code PHNX only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. We are anxiously awaiting Bo Brock live from State Farm Stadium. They're moving like turtles right now in that locker room. Kyler spoke and uh, like Cliff Kingsbury, didn't say a whole lot. If you've been following our guy, Bo Brock, on Twitter, as well as PHNX underscore Cardinals, you can see that footage live. So check that out simultaneously while you're watching this podcast. But but gentlemen, give me give me your assessment now where the Cardinals go from here because you guys have unfortunately been a part of teams that have been knocked out of the playoff race in, in November, right? And this team is 4-8, and eight, and they've got a lot of high-priced veterans on the roster. This is not a young team. This was a team with expectations, but D.A., how do you how what how do you pick yourself up or what can we expect from this team in a couple of weeks when they play New England? I mean, just fight and, and be prepared and do your job. I mean, it's not rocket science. Go out there, do your best to be healthy. I mean, this week off and you know, bye week will be great for their bodies because this game is is difficult, tough, and hard on your body. So, you know, be be whatever position you play, you know, study, be prepared, talk to your coach. Is there any avenue? You know, you get grades. All you know, Frank. Frank can attest to this. You get grades after every game on your performance, and it's being real with yourself. We saw JJ Watt and in one of the hard knocks. You know, look in the mirror. You know, do some self evaluating, mm -hmm. and you know, one I would say, you know, do your best to get healthy. Two, be prepared and play your ass off. Give maximum effort. If you do that, the rest is up for the you know the universe, the world to take care of. You can't worry about anybody else, and that all goes down to just doing your job. And I know it's a lot easier said than done, guys. I mean, we know this mm -hmm. because the team's sitting at at four and eight. But I think if you just study, prepare, be disciplined, and, and try your best, we're gonna find out if it's gonna work or not. And I think in that, Frank, I mean, hopefully you could be spoilers, secure the bag for yourself because they pay attention to that. If you're going out there and having some, you know, if you're a guy like Greg Dortch or, or was it Farrell returning punts today? Yeah, Cooper Farrell. Cooper Farrell looked good. You know, got had some plus 12, uh, 10 yard, 12 yard return. So mm -hmm. coaches, pay, coaches and front office guys, especially the scouting department, pay attention to that. So yeah. just continue to show up on film and give maximum effort. That's all you can do. We're working on getting a clip here from Kyler Murray, who had a very telling comment in his postgame presser. Uh, producer Emma, if you would give me a signal when that's ready to go. But Frank, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, look, I, my biggest thing right now is when we were in situations like this here, I, I still had I had preseason goals. Whatever my goals were, I was still chasing. Mm -hmm. As long as I'm still in the season, I mean, you still got Pro Bowl aspirations. Some guys have contractual situations. 
And then you just want to finish on a good note anyway. So to me, I'm trying to hit my numbers. And if I'm trying to hit my numbers, that means I'm pushing myself to get those numbers. Every day I start working, I don't care what the record reflects, I still got a chance to get my numbers. And so if, if I get out there and they throw the ball to me and I got, I'm looking to try to catch 110 balls this year for, for 1,500 yards, then I'm at, I still got five games left. Right now I'm about at 74 catches and 74 catches and maybe about 700, we're a good ball to catch. 900 yards, you know what I'm saying? After that, then next thing you know, I'm gonna find myself. <laughs> I'm gonna find myself still pressing to try to get try to get my numbers. I think that's what everyone needs to do. I think yeah. that's the part. There's a team goal and then there's a personal goal. Why you work out? Why you train? Why you go get it? What you're doing is to make sure you're pushing yourself at the best for 17 weeks and then therefore, and you chase that. That's 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 what you need to be doing. Uh, so here was Kyler Murray live from the post game press conference with Bo Brock and company talking about the play that wasn't fourth and one, the interception. Cardinals opted not to give it to James Conner. Here was Kyler Murray's thoughts. Um, no, it wasn't. That wasn't for Hop, actually. Um, schematically, I mean, they kind of, we, we were kind of fucked. <laughs> Kyler Murray stating, schematically, we were kind of fucked. If that, let's put that, can we put that on, on a t-shirt for PHNX, the PHNX merchandise locker? If that doesn't say anything, you could think that behind the scenes, but for your franchise quarterback, Damien, to come out and say that yeah. at your post-game press conference, basically saying, like, our schematics were shit, and that's why we didn't convert. I mean, that just that's it's very telling from Kyler we, Murray. We, we need – that's not a good look on a shirt. No. I mean, it's, that's not a good look. I mean, no one wants their personal laundry to be exposed – out in, in a national platform and i think that that's what that is and, and i don't know if he's referring to to me how i receive that is that schematically we were in a bad situation that's exactly it but my is only it, question, but is he saying that the coach put us in that situation mm -hmm. they, i think that, you can read that a lot of different ways and and, and they will and I, I think he should have said hey you know what schematically it wasn't we didn't have the right we didn't have the right play call i probably should use the timeout then or Coach saw we didn't have we didn't have the right play on. They had they they came up with a should have called a, timeout a nine man box and we was really prepared for more of a five seven man box. It was fourth and one. Typically, what they were doing, we just we we weren't in the right play call. That's basically what he would have been saying, but he didn't say that. I think that's the part right now. It's it's gonna that's that's gonna that's gonna haunt him that's and, and that's gonna that's drag incredible. on. That's an incredible. But that, that's gonna that's quote. gonna right. That's gonna drag on, and he'll have to he'll have to he'll have to eat that man for at least. Until the following week, until you know, until they, until they play again after the Patriots game, but at the moment, at that moment, when you realize you don't have it, and you got timeouts, you call a timeout for sure. I mean, you talked about one of the guys in the chat said, you know, uh, Steve Young was on 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 the air saying that hey, Kyle didn't go by the quarterback quarterback school. Well. He says that about a lot of quarterbacks. But he, said, but, he, but, he, but he said that also in the chat that isn't that the coach's job? And and I agree. And, and so that, but that's was well, it's two parts because if you're a vet and you see it and you know you got timeouts, you look and say, hey, this play ain't working. I need to call a timeout. I'm not just running dumb plays. Well, I think where Kyler plays. has the benefit. Did, did Steve Young, you know say, does Steve Young say that about every quarterback? He says about that, a lot of them. He does. Oh, okay. About a, he says that if, if you watch on a quarterback making bad plays or on dumb assignments and dumb stuff, then yeah, he'll. For the for the entirety of the game, okay, I can tell you right it now, won't, it won't be like a one play like that. Like that, that's a one off. He, he saw we he saw enough plays where probably Johnny Kyler could have checked out or done something different. If threw you the ball away resolved 
all of your conflict with your head coach, like we were told Ooh, from Rap Sheep, friend going. of the program, if going. that was squashed and taken care of, you would not be at the press conference after the fact saying our schematics were kind of fucked. No matter how you want to signal that out, Kyler has more self-awareness than to say that. I believe continual messages being sent to Michael Bidwell, to people in the media, because listen, Cliff gets shit on, we get that, but there are people who undermine Kyler Murray's intelligence, as you were just talking about with Steve Young, thinking about his work ethic, does he study? Kyler's probably thinking to himself, like, guys, I'm with a coach right now that is really struggling, that couldn't win at the college level. So, again, like, I, everything is something, something's not everything. So I, I, I do think that Kyler Murray... He's going to hear about it from the public relations team. There's no doubt about it. It's not Cardinals don't want that. They don't. They don't want those optics. Uh, we want these optics. So we got there Bob Rock there live from State Farm Stadium with immaculate hair after just <laughs> speaking with Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, and company. We pray that his Wi-Fi and his cell service is immaculate as as his hair. But it's let's not. see. We don't have it. We don't have it right now. We're gonna we're gonna keep working on getting you Bob Brock here momentarily. But gentlemen. I want to go to some of these comments here. Jalen Blair, I think y'all reading too much into that. What Kyler was saying was that playing wasn't going to work against the defense the Chargers played on that play. And you may be I right. Agree. Yeah. But, but, it's, but it's you don't say go. it. You don't say it on the podium. Well, I mean, we just call timeout. Like, yeah, if you, you identify that in your pre-snap but read. You don't, you don't say, like, we, yeah, we, that play. Hey, Coach, I, I know this ain't working. I mean, that's that's a very candid statement. I, I can give Kyler a pass on that. Maybe he, He's a quarterback. Shit, he's in the play. He that's can, that's he, frust- That's frustration. That, there's frustration there, and I think that's that's why he, you would say something like that. Yeah, you would just come out and say, "Keep it 100." That's keeping it 100. You want it 100? Here's 100. We were fucked. The play wasn't a good play. God bless both. Schematically, Brock, even if he can't, it wasn't us. good. And I think that's the part. You know, that's that, good that's, stuff. That's where you you look at it and have to go back and say, "Man, where there's smoke, there's fire," and this mm. thing right here is gonna get lit a lot more. Someone's gonna keep pouring gasoline. And they're gonna ask questions, Cliff. What was what was the play call? What was the transition? What were you supposed to change? Did Kyler have the power to call a timeout? If you saw that it, from the sideline that it wasn't when a good play, when you include the word schematics, call? schematically, Kyler's like, I don't draw up the plays. I'm not picking the personnel, but schematically, Da, we were kind of fucked. That tells me that you're you're putting ownership on what we had out there did not set us up for success. Well, yeah, well, I mean, it's, it, it all goes with the pre-snap read, and so if you say something like that, it's insinuating that they had an advantage. They knew what was coming. They did. We weren't in a good situation, so to me, that would warrant it would the head coach either calling the timeout or I'm just step away like, hey, we need to, re, you know, or to check with me, but that wasn't mess, maybe a check with me mean being they go up to the line yeah. and you go through your series of, of calls and he makes a, a dummy call or he changes the play. They, they maybe I guess they didn't have that in that type of situation. So to, to say schematically, they, you know, they were at a disadvantage to me that it could have easily been a, some type of timeout call from either Kyler or Cliff. All right. Take two, Bo Brock live from State Farm Stadium. Let's see. Drum roll, please. No, he, he ended the call. He's done. He's done, son. And so are we. I want to remind everybody, check us out. GoPHNX.com. We're having a premium merchandise blackout or blackout Black Friday blowout sale right now. Items up to, I think, 90% off. There's a T-shirt that's 99 cents that I have bought multiple times, different sizes for friends and family. The best part is if you're a diehard, which why wouldn't you be at this point, which you can get exclusive access, content, and more, you get a big fat discount on top of all the immaculate deals that we've got going on. 
producer Emma, we should try one more time. I mean, we can try. This is this. Yeah, is, let's try it. Let's give this, it a shot. Bo's reception Look. signal. It might be on Cliff Kingsbury's plan at this rate, uh, with <laughs> with the kind of communication that we're getting here. Yeah, he's he's not. There's no connection. See, our schematics with Bo Brock are kind of fucked, but we're not here at PHNX and PHNX Cardinals. I want to remind everybody, be sure, like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcast. Saul sure. Bookman. Johnny, why didn't you go live earlier, Johnny? Schematically, we were fucked. Hey, but that's never this show, Saul Bookman. Producer Emma and I, we've got it on lockdown. We're always live. Halftime, post-game show, and it's because of all you. And I want to make something abundantly clear. This was not a fun conversation to have today, but it's made all the more fun by everybody in the chat, all the support here. This is a safe space. We're going to talk Mm -hmm. about what needs to be discussed. We're not going to sugarcoat it, but we have unwavering support for this franchise. We're not jumping ship yet. We're just asking for better things. We're asking for improvement. Be better, Cardinals, because we're ready for a winner here in the desert. Damian Anderson, Frank Sanders, Johnny Venerable, we'll back, we're back manana on Monday to break it all down. Could we have a coaching change? One of several potentially, perhaps, Nathaniel Hackett, maybe Cliff Kingsbury, maybe Vance Joseph. We will see, but we will see you on the show tomorrow. Thanks. Take care, everybody.